Ready? You ready, Salon? <clears throat> yep. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Nights at the Brown Table, a podcast with three Pacific Islanders sharing our views and the lens through which we see the world. I'm Sefa. I'm Sila. What's up? I'm Lamar. Are, you, are you under the weather? You ill? Why? Like this mic? <laughs> oh, are you still underwater? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still underwater with this mic. I'm still in ISO. I have two more days. <laughs> Three, two, one. Jerks. Good day, everybody. It is a songstress, seamstress, mistress, and mattress of this generation. Shalama. Not the intro count for yourself. Three, two, one. Three, two, one, and. We are live. This week, we're going to talk about August Alsina and Jada Pinkett Smith. On June 30, 2020, while promoting his upcoming album, August Alsina sits down with Breakfast Club's Angela Yee and claims that he gave years of his life to Jada in a romantic relationship with Will Smith's blessing. Shalama has the details. Thank you, Sefa. July 10, 2020, the now infamous Red Table Talk occurs. Joined by her husband, Jada confirmed that she and Alcina had a relationship about four and a half years ago during a rocky separation. Emphasizing that she felt the situation was private, Pinker Smith explained that she started a friendship with August that became extremely close as the family tried to help him with his health. From there, you and I were going through a very difficult time, Pinker Smith told her husband, who agreed, saying, We decided to separate for a period of time, and you go figure out who to make yourself happy, and I'll figure out how to make myself happy. From there, as time went on, I got into a different kind of entanglement with August, Pinker Smith said, clarifying at wheels, prompting that the entanglement was a relationship. Pinkett Smith also noted that the only person that can give permission in that particular circumstance was her, not Will. But she thought Alcina wanted to make it clear with his wording that he's not a homewrecker, which he's not. My name is Shalama, <laughs> nice at the brown table. <laughs> Go. Like, did you guys listen to August Alcina's single that he dropped earlier in the week called Entanglement featuring yes. Rick Ross? Yeah. Loved it. I did not like it. But what what did you think of it, Scylla? I think it's all right. Like, it's not uh, not something that I'm a big fan of. I think what you might call it, like, the subject that came up in conversation is with uh, what Jada did because of the massive age difference between her and August Alcina, whether it was sexual predatory. And so the thing with the entanglement thing, there was a lot of tweets going around and people were saying to feel sorry for Will. And I think this, the discussion with her being predatory was because of the age difference and also maybe the, the, the power difference in terms of like Jada Pinkett, who was a very well-established person, as opposed to August, who is not as on her level as, you know. But I think... The reason why I found it predatory is because, again, with the power play, but also there there was a sense of, like, her gaslighting the situation. Where I So if you read the entanglement lyrics, it seems as though 
there were there was a misinterpretation of what their relationship was where august thought it was a relationship but sis was out here and said oh i was like just an entanglement so she really downplayed the relationship in my personal view how I see it was that there were two consenting adults. It seems like if it was four years ago that it started, then he was about 23. And even though she's in her 40s and that I do, you know, when we look at the age difference, it is frowned upon, but he was still an, but he was were, still an adult. She was married. Yeah, so that's what I mean by, I, of course, I, I do see it as wrong, but I don't see her as a sexual predator because he wasn't, he wasn't a child. He was, he's an adult. And so for me, I'm just like the two consenting adults. And if you think about what each one had to gain... I, I agree that it's not predatory in the sense that if anyone had something to gain from it, it was August, not Jada. She's at the top of the Hollywood pyramid. She's married to Will Smith. I, I don't see it being predatory only because from his point of view, he's getting a leg up. She's probably got connections that he doesn't because I don't see, I've never heard of him until now. Oh, I, I, I have heard of him. I yeah. loved his song, um, when he released a few years ago. <laughs> I was like, nah, I've never heard of this guy. Yeah, I haven't heard of him either. That's why to me, I was like, nah, if anyone's benefiting from this, mm. it's going to be August. So is he like, okay, because like, honestly, I do not even know what type of relationship they have like how he was even introduced into the family like i'm just a fake color like listening in on the conversation we all are because like, oh, I, I have two God. i have two separate questions yeah so one is the definition of what their relationship is we've seen um will smith and jada turn their relationship from like romantic to now it's called a life partnership mm-hmm. so that was the one question mm-hmm. i had the second one was how this august dude was even introduced into the family is that via Jaden smith i'm not entirely sure and the third question i have is i mean entanglement and that so the first one <laughs> with the first one with will and jada there's been speculation before not that i followed what the rumors were in Hollywood that people would report about them having an open marriage as a consequence of the this red table talk. They did mention it that it's been a rumor going around for a while that they were in an open marriage. I mean, they don't describe it as that. And so for for now, when it comes to their discussion as to what does entanglement mean, what kind of marriage do they have, it just sounds like semantics. Mm. Like there's the definition mm. of it is like she had an affair, but she relabels it as entanglement. And it seems that she... I listened to the soundbite of when she says... When she calls it an entanglement, it sounds like she's trying to... It's, it's, it's a PR spin. PR spin 101. She's just trying to rename it. Do you think it was because they were forced? Do you believe like Jada and Will were forced to make yeah. a comment? So I feel like that comes into play as well with the whole conversation that they had. It, it was felt as though it was needed to have a statement to downplay or not downplay but just to kind of give a bit of clarification from the august interview that he did with angela this is the thing whenever it comes to people's marriages i'm always just like oh it's none of our business yeah true (laughs) and so like however they choose to to you know deal Mm. with their stuff and whatever and so i get that they were very private but like lamar was saying the only reason why they spoke on it was because august asuna came out with it and then specifically said Yes, we did. And to August, he goes on, like in the interview, if, if, if anyone has watched it, like he says that if he was to die tomorrow, he'll die happy because he knows that he's loved someone with everything in him. I don't, I don't know what was said during Pillow Talk. I don't know what, their, what the circumstances of their relationship. I don't know how bad it was between her and Will. But it doesn't seem 
out of place when it comes to relationships where one person is more into it than the other. It's just that on this level, it was it happened to be like a full-fledged affair and she happens to be someone in the public eye. But I think it happens every day. Mm. There was one thing that she said in the Red Tables Hall <clears throat> that kind of caught me. It was when she was saying that uh, something about like saving August because apparently he was in a bad place and some sort of like yeah. vulnerability and like she felt like she could come in and fix his problems or something like that. I, that did, did you remember? What were they helping him with? I'm here to drug addiction. Yeah, I just don't know. Like it's 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 one of those things where everyone's talking about it and it's mainly the memes, to be honest, that have been killing me. <laughs> yes, with the Will Smith and the crying and... Oh, the, 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 how they redid the Tangled mm. poster with Will Smith and Jada's re- faces? Yeah. That is hilarious. When I think about this whole topic, it, I'm like, why is it such a big thing? Is it because of the age difference? Is it because of the relationship? I think that a lot of people idolized Jada and Will's marriage. And then you'll see that in a lot of rap songs, people would reference them. Like J. Cole said, he wants a love like Jada and Will. And so I think it became a big deal because of that. And then finally something, you know, because they never really talk on their relationship before the speculation that's been said over the years. Like people said that she had an affair with Mark Antony at one point. And then there was another rumor saying that Will Smith had an affair with Margot Robbie. And so there's been so much speculation about their marriage and then people saying they have an open marriage and they've never actually said anything about it. Mm. And so I think with this actually being something that they've actually talked on, but there was a tweet that I saw that I thought that was really good where someone goes, everyone is shocked at Will and Jada's bad marriage for life concept, but how do you think grandma and grandpa have been together all these years? And that's, like, I think when we look at it, like, hence why I was saying, I don't think it's anyone's business how someone's marriage is, because everyone goes through, all marriages go through really rocky and hard times. Not that I'm saying that infidelity should be something that's accepted. I disagree. But a lot of people have to work through these things. And a lot of the time they work through it um, behind closed doors in private. And also, I think coronavirus has everyone extremely bored and whatever content can be produced seems to be what's trendy, even if it's not even that significant. To me, she's kind of been tabloidy for a while. And I, I think this falls in line with the kind of headline she makes, if I'm being honest. With him, he's the superstar. She's the appendage to me. Was this a marketing... But I don't think that... I mean, this is a good PR stunt. Yeah, it is. If you're trying to get your name out there, I'm, I'm just saying like... But it's so tabloidy though. <laughs> it, and it's so not in line with Will Smith's image, especially now that he's associated with the Disney brand, uh, with Aladdin. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just find the whole... Um, I think the, 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 what I find interesting is... I think it was like off what Scylla was saying about how people held Jada and Will to a certain standard when it came to their marriage and what um what marriage goals looks like uh, so i like the thing that i find that a lot of people are kind of um not obsessing about but are really talking about is i don't know i feel like people don't understand that there is all sorts of types of relationships that exist mm. you know it's it's never just like your standard um heteronormative mm. like mon- monogamous relationship that exists do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get that. However, when you use it as a tool to push your to to put your name out there, it when it turns on you, it will it can be a bad thing too. 
I mean, that's... Is that what they did, though? Yeah. Like, when, nah, in, in, in regards to that. their relationship, oh, yeah. When they promote it together, when they walk the red carpet together, they don't... You don't, you don't name... People don't just name you Hollywood royalty. That is all Hollywood PR. Mm, I think I disagree. I, I, yeah, I nothing disagree like something like that doesn't just happen normal. You don't get to the top of like, the Hollywood I, food I, chain I, by like just by accident because no, people like you. You fight your way up there. It's a PR thing, including this stunt. To as well. use marriage as a PR thing, I do, I disagree. Oh yeah. Like I think with them. I think with them, a lot of people, especially in the black community, not that I'm speaking on behalf of the black community, <laughs> I think a lot of people have just idolized their relationship. I don't think that they were the ones that purposefully went out to promote their relationship so that everyone could be like marriage goals and all that stuff. I think people just looked at them from the outside looking in and said, oh, this is what we want. Sometimes, like, especially with when it comes to the way media has portrayed you as like that gets out of control is it are we supposed to Mm. blame it on the person themselves or is it because of how media is portraying a certain someone that really constructs how somebody is when the media is involved and you use it as a tool it could also be used as a weapon against you Mm. it's not always going to work in your favor it's a double-edged sword yeah Yeah. and this is what happens I mean, yeah, and she did bring it to the Red Table Talk, which I would assume have gained a lot of views and whatnot. So. Yeah. I think, again, mm. she could have just ignored it and not mm. spoken about it. She could have tweeted about it. Tweeted about it and that's it. But she decided to make an episode about mm. it. I don't blame her for it either. Yeah. Smart. I reckon it's smart. Yeah. Whoever your PR is, get me in touch with them. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Kay Letourneau first met Vili Fuala Awini during her second grade class in 1992, but they didn't begin their sexual relationship until four years later. I shouldn't, it's, to me, it's not a sexual relationship because it's, ah, anyways, until four years later when he was 12 and she was a 34-year-old mother of four children. And to me, this is, even though she has passed, what she did was sexually predatory to me. Because he was a twelve-year-old kid when they when she started raping him. By the time he was fifteen, he was a single father of two because she was in prison at the time. The couple eventually married in two thousand and five and were together until he later positioned for a legal separation in twenty seventeen. Their divorce was finalized last year. However, he uprooted his life and moved in with her to care for her in the last few months of her life. Um, she passed away from cancer on 6th of July, 2020. And so in comparing Jada to Mary Kay, I think there's a stark difference For sure. with these two women. Mary Kay, what she did is, I, I, to me, I think that she's a rapist. What she did was she preyed on a, on a child and then started raping him. And so I know that a lot of people have different opinions around that. And even though she was passing condolences to her family because can see that she was loved by some people what she did was totally wrong yeah that just sounds messy as you were saying it lamar was just shaking his head the whole time yeah i what the freak man wait so he she became the teacher second grade in, so she like second, you too so he was yeah. eight years old yeah like he was eight years yeah. old when she first met him I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys watched the, I think it was Channel 7 did an interview with them as a couple. 
I don't know if it was two years ago or last year, even now he you could just tell because he's like in his thirties now right now, he's trying to process now what actually happened. And she still tries to justify and or she did, sorry, because she's passed. She she was trying to justify saying that he was the one that pursued her and and I just couldn't get over the fact I was just like, You're an adult. He was a child. Like there's no justification for that sick behavior. Yeah. It's has just, he has he actually said anything though? Or is this what has been insinuated in terms of like him processing and stuff i'll be really interested to see oh you can see w- watch the interview because like she does this thing where she was just like yeah but you what did she say oh yeah but like, she goes yeah but you, you were the like, boss with me tell about- them you were the boss you flirted with me and i'm like um i was yeah. nine and you're the teacher <laughs> here and here i am thinking i was like, I was like oh child. here i am thinking i was like oh you get pregnant from kissing when i was eight years old Bye. i was like what oh, the freak I am I am not surprised that he would be processing it now. I mean, to be in that to be in that situation at such a young age, you grow up with a warped perception of what's normal and what isn't. Does he have kids? To her, yeah, two. Yeah, they got two daughters. Two I girls. wonder how he would feel. So she when when she was thirteen, when he was thirteen, she had his first child. Yeah, Wait, when who? He was a single dad of. Two when he was fifteen. By of two by the time he was fifteen, because she yeah. went to jail. Because she was pre- she got pregnant again after she had the first uh, after she had his first child. So the kids are big. The kids are grown. Yeah, teenagers. Yeah, like they're in their twenties, I think, right now. Oh, jeez. I think it's important for parents to be mindful that you know, with your kids, it literally could be anyone. Because like when you look at the old videos of her, she's a beautiful woman. Like when I was seeing, watching videos of her, I'm like, I would never have suspected if that was my child, that this woman was doing that kind of stuff to my kid. And because his mom at the time, she was a single mom, this teacher to me preyed on this child, you know, with, sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing. Because like, you're nervous. Happened, like yeah. on, yeah, on July 30th is Child Sex Trafficking Day, yeah. Awareness Day. So like for me, I'm just like, I think it's important in in our own way or whatever way you can for us to be to try and be more aware as to how sexual predators prey on kids mm. and the things that they do because to me she is a prime example of literally could be anyone it's not just these old white creepy men mm. it could be a young bright-eyed woman but who's preying True. on kids as well did you watch that tim ballard video from yeah Operation? so last night like literally Late last night, I went and did, like, they have this little course thing that goes for an hour. Yeah. So you can be certified on being able to identify how to, you know, how to identify people that, you know, that may be suspected that are in child trafficking or sex trafficking or, or whatever. And then the things that you can do, what you can say, and then who to call and how to report it. Tim Ballard, he started this Operation Underground Railroad. Do they make profiles and go in chat rooms and stuff? Yeah. And I've seen a documentary. Bus. I'm not sure if it's him, though. I'm pretty sure it's the same one. I'm pretty okay. sure it's a documentary. Okay. Yep, that's him. And so he up, he started this private organization that does this, um, and they often are the legs and the arms mm. of uh, authorities because they... They go in deep. Yeah, I, I think that, that has been raised in conversation recently because of the video he put out, especially with us being in quarantine and children mm. being online a lot longer he highlighted that they often go unsupervised because they're not at school Mm. and that the amount of cases where children are being preyed upon has increased since we've been in lockdown. And Mm. that's something we didn't consider. 
as a society when we're locking everyone down, just making sure everyone's safe from the pandemic, there are other things that we are in danger of. I definitely agree. Because I'm still and I were talking about this. And we were saying how easy it is for, like, I would bring up my cousin who's on TikTok and whatnot. So her brothers, my cousins, they had to make her profile private and they had to lock it down because it's so easy for somebody to innocently message someone and be like, Mm. hey, how are you doing? Now, because so many people have, or so many kids, I would say, have access to social media and whatnot and phones, like kids as young as like six or seven have phones or know how to use a digital device. Mm. That's really scary to me. And it's just as easy as like, sending a smiley face or something or liking a picture yeah whether it's on tiktok which i don't think they should be on tiktok i mean right you're too young no for real like if 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 your child is on tiktok then please have the password Mm. and regularly check who's messaging them like what like the the type of content that they're putting on as well like gone are the days where like the only thing that our parent had to worry about was once their child was out the door and whether the Mr. Whoopi Van man is a is a weirdo. And so you go stand with them while they're buying ice cream. Like gone are those days. Mm. Nowadays it's like literally all they have to do is log on to Insta, like IG or be on YouTube. TikTok. And YouTube is a, a huge one. Yeah, YouTube. There are people out there who prey on kids and then not only are they um, sexually assaulted with images and things and then they will get record them sometimes they try and meet up with them and then they record these kids and then they will reshare with child predators and whatnot mm. they reshare these images and these videos with each other on the dark web like seeing how important it is that like the most the biggest tool that a parent can have without money is just to be an engaged aware parent with their child to be able to be like hey what's going on have their passwords regularly check on check up on them and just to be like aware that there are these are things that just don't happen in america that they happen even here in our own backyard as well i want to have this discussion and even though all three of us aren't really in a position because all three of us don't have children a question i would have is how do i give children enough freedom so that they do learn to make decisions without just leaving them to the wolves when it comes to predators online good topic yeah i don't even know granted i I don't even have to have that conversation because i don't have any children but how would you go about even talking to cousins and nephews Mm. yeah well with us it's always just we mention it and we're like my family we're very direct to a degree sometimes i feel like maybe it's just a generational thing sometimes i feel like it's falling on deaf ears i don't even know if they're comprehending what i'm saying because i think about it with this I tell them, hey, when we're in the shop, I'm like, hey, go to the aisle and grab X, Y, and Z. Grab these items. They come back with completely different things. Were you even listening to what I was saying? And so when it comes to those sorts of conversations, I'm like, man, I don't even know if it's getting Mm. through. Little simple instructions don't get through to to some of my nieces and nephews. I I don't even know if something like this would even register. I'm trying to remember my own upbringing. I think one thing that my parents were really good at with me growing up was they gave me a lot of freedom and they gave me the ability to do the things that I wanted to do. But even at the same time, they also explained that there are consequences to certain things that you do. In a way, it helped me understand that like, yes, this is bad. But then they explained, this is why it's bad. And that kind of helped me develop my own sense of knowledge in terms of, okay, if I put, like, if you just see a child and you tell them, don't put your hand on the pan, and then that's it. 
I feel like that might make the child more curious to put their hand on the pan. But if you say, don't put your hand on the pan because if you do that, you're going to burn yourself and it's going to hurt real bad. Then that kind of creates an understanding of like, oh, there's a consequence to an action that I do. That's like one of the only examples that I can think of growing up. But it's a hard conversation to have because when it comes to like the digital space, it is open. It's an open field. And it changes all the time. Changes all the time. Changes all the time. Yeah. Like something innocent like Um, TikTok and stuff like that. mm. It looks innocent, but... That's videos and stuff that's out there and can never be taken down after that. Like, I think it's important to have these conversations with kids as soon as they can talk. Because a lot of the time, predators prey on the most vulnerable people who can't. They, in their minds, they do the whole thing of the kids won't say it if I tell them to keep it a secret and all these things. So they prey on the most vulnerable because in their minds, they, they have that kind of security. And with me, I've always been very hyper aware because um, when I was a child, I was sexually molested. And so I've always been very hyper aware when I became an adult and I had my nieces in, in my care. I've always been very much like, oh, I will have the conversations with them and I will normalize it. And so I would always talk to them about their um, body parts, their anatomy. I would name it vagina and things like that. And then later on, I would say, you know, because sometimes it can be awkward as Pacifica people to talk about these things and say the anatomy, call, name the anatomy for what it is. And so a lot of the time we'll say private parts. And I would always ask them, I would say to them that their body is theirs, um, that if anyone touches them, touches them in their private areas, I'll tell them where their private areas are or make them touch those other people in their private areas that it's and it feels wrong, it's not okay, you know, just to be aware. And so even recently having the conversation with my cousins, And with my siblings, I was telling them how important it is because now it's not just the physical sexual contact that kids are being assaulted with. They're also getting, they're being assaulted, you know, visually with people sending them images and videos. Having the conversation with my siblings, I was telling them how with the kids, now you have to check the history. And they, they, you know, their children check their history, check their messages, have their passwords. I can't stress enough how important it is to be aware of our kids and then to have these conversations, even though it's uncomfortable, there's information online that you can be able just to type in and look so that you can be able to know how to help. Even now, if you have kids or if you yourself are still dealing with the effects of sexual abuse, you know, none of us are professionals, but we're advocates for getting professional help. As Pacifica people, you can see for mental health as well, there's a, there's a site called Levar as well with the White Balloon organization here in Australia where they go around to different schools and they do um, sexual abuse awareness and things like that. So sorry for getting like emotional and stuff, but I think it's important for us to have these conversations in our circles because it happens all the time. Um, but I remember a few years ago when I was in Melbourne, I did a youth work course. I didn't complete it because I wasn't able to um, do the placement because at the time I was uh, one of the primary guardians of my niece's And when we did this youth work course, we got put into a group project. The the section that we got given was to talk about sexual abuse. I remember the teacher was spitting out facts and they said one in every three women have been sexually assaulted. And in our group, there were about five of us women and there were like two guys. And I remember one of the guys started laughing and he, and I was like, oh, what's so funny? And he goes, one in three. He goes, that means one of you, that's me. That means one of you girls have been. And so as he's laughing, you know, just trying to be lighthearted about it, we went dead quiet and I got angry. I got upset and I said, oh, I'm one. And then um, I noticed that each one of us girls said that they, them as well. 
And I remember sitting there and just crying. And he felt bad. He felt guilty. So he apologized. But I couldn't help but think that when we talk about one in three, that's one in three that's reported. And I totally believe that the stat should be higher. In the Pacific community, a lot of the time we don't talk about these things. But I think it's important for us to have these conversations uh, with our kids to prevent and then at the same time, those of our kids, of the babies who have been assaulted, they get help. You know, there's counselling. Um, if you don't know what to do, just research online. If you go to church, talk, talk with church leadership, talk with the people in the community. And please always believe the kids when they talk about these things. When they do talk about it, a lot of the time it takes a lot of courage for them to do that. I'm so sorry if I've talked too much. <laughs> What does that sound? It's August. It's an entanglement. <laughs> it's an entanglement happening on the other side. Underwater. <laughs> Not the entanglement. <laughs> oh, sis, thank you so much for sharing that. Do a game. Too light in the mood. Cause I'm like, can we please? No, can I we please like episode... do something lighthearted? <laughs> 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 no. Can we sing a song? Now that you're out of my life, I'm so much better. <laughs> Why that song though? Why that song? <laughs> <laughs> It's so high. They're, like the notes Where? that they do, it's so high. Where? Which Did, part? I know which part because Lamar hit it. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I'm the female. <laughs> I'm the female. Why can I hit the. Oh, I can't sing, anyways. But like, it's so high when they do that. Oh, oh. oh sorry. When it goes high during that part. I can't relate. <laughs> You're like, I hit it every time. Wait, well, it, well, it, Sorry, because I ranted. Can we just talk a little bit before there's we not stop much, recording? There's not much I, I want to say. I just want to express my gratitude for you showing your vulnerability. I think that's really important for us as Pacifica people to move forward because it's not until someone speaks about it that we're able to cultivate that culture, which is something that we've been talking about. So I'm really grateful that... You were able to share that, sis. It was, ooh, it had, had me like, had me chasing the waterfalls like TLC, like for real, for real. <laughs> well, sorry for being a sook. <laughs> but like, at the same time, if anyone needs someone to talk to, I know that I've already rented as well. Open up to people that you trust. If you're If you're a child, please talk. Please have courage enough to talk to a parent. If your parent is the one that's assaulting you, then... Please reach out, tell a neighbor, tell a teacher, tell the police something. Um, but please understand that you can get help. If there's anything that we can do, let us know. If you want to be able to, if you're a professional and you want to be able to come on the podcast, that would be awesome. Please reach out to us so that we can have you on and then be able to record to put more awareness out there as well. Yeah. I am joking. We'll just end it now. Just so, we can, so, just so we can stop recording. Yeah, okay, end it now. End it now. End it now. You've been listening to another episode of Nights at the Brown Table. This is Sefa. I'm Sila. And I'm 
See, if someone sends you a voice message like that, that's when you call, tell your parents. <laughs> tell your parents. It's those kind of messages that you need to not be listening to. Yeah, okay, bye.